the 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 what I wanted to ask what what happens in the states? Let's say you get caught speeding, right? Sure. Yeah. Well, firstly, what is the speed limit on an American? Wait for it. Freeway. Depends on the freeway. It's complete. Oh. It's not the same thing everywhere. Okay. Uh, your closest freeway. What is the speed limit? Probably sixty-five. Ah. Okay. And if I let's say I was caught doing eighty. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about how that might go down. Like when they pull you over, or like yeah. So you'll you'll get lights in your rearview mirror. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Yep. They might pull up alongside you, give it that pull over. Mm-hmm. I'll pull over. What happens then? Uh, you're pulled over, and then the police officer, uh, being a, a white male, uh, he'll just write you a ticket. I see. Yeah. <laughs> he'll ask your license and registration, and it will be perfectly cool. And you will be written yes a citation, which you then go home and you pay. Okay. Is it always via a cop? You don't have traffic cameras. You don't have speed. There cameras. are traffic cameras. Uh, they're not like super common because they're wicked expensive. So mm-hmm. like yeah, but there are there are some speed cameras here and okay. there. Yeah. Uh, you'll never have the chance to get out of paying the ticket by going on a course of learning. No, I think if you. So I know that like, if you get too many of certain kinds of infractions. Like, I think if you get, like, three speeding tickets or something like that, yeah. you can potentially go to, like, traffic school yeah, so yeah, that yeah. you don't get your license taken away. Okay, but that's last resort. You won't yeah, just get one of those. Yeah, last resort. It's not just, like, any time. Like, and it's, uh, I think. I personally have never gotten a, a ticket. Um, I've been in the car many times when our pal Ben Helms yeah. has. Speedy Ben, they call Speedy him. Ben, yeah. He was, like, a, a speed demon, Rapid belligerent. Ben. <laughs> rapid Ben when we were in high school like he was like the guy who would like fight the cop about it and, and I'd be just sitting there in the passenger seat like I just don't feel like you should be so confrontational uh, but yeah so I've been there when he's gotten many of them but I personally have never had to do any of that stuff I've never gotten a ticket okay uh, interesting very interesting to me cultural exchange that's what this is all about that that fantastic job at cultural exchange because <laughs> I, I have just uh, been in, re- in receipt of my second ever speeding violation. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was this when you went to Birmingham? No, it wasn't. Okay. See, the main the main way they'll get you over here is with cameras. Hmm. Uh, if if a copper is pulling you, if if a copper is chasing you on the motorway to tell you that you're going too fast, you you fucked up bad. You're probably doing oh, like wow. hundred, you know, hundred. Oh, plus okay. For them to to chase you. Uh-huh. Uh Generally, it'll be a speed camera, and and <clears throat> I was. I was got by a speed camera some weeks back. I was in a higher car and I was in Yorkshire. So it took them a while to, uh, to track trace you me. down. Yeah. But trace me they did. Uh, and I was very relieved to find that uh, I have been offered a speed awareness course <laughs> as opposed to just an immediate fine and points. Well, that's nice. It so is. what happens when you get like the points? Now, uh, I don't... So I'm hoping somebody will correct us here or somebody will correct me or fill in the blanks, but uh, the the higher... The, for driving offences, generally you'll get points, endorsement points added to your driving licence. And right. the more points you get, the more expensive your insurance is. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that makes, that makes yeah. a difference. And yeah. past a certain number of points, you get your licence suspended, you get your licence taken off you. Okay. Uh, points do... Uh, uh, points do expire after a certain number of years. Yeah. But if you go over a certain number of points on your license, you 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 ain't driving me. You're getting the bus. 
<laughs> okay, that makes sense. Because I was like, otherwise, I was like, I would much rather just like pay the fine and take the points than no, you don't want you don't want to get the points. You don't want to take the points. Plus, yeah, so I'm not there. You're not in. You're not. Oh yeah, I, and because because I drive for work, <laughs> um, I can't have my license removed. I can't have my license taken off me. That would be a problem. So I've. Uh, you still have to pay for the for the course. You still have to pay like ninety quid. I was gonna say yeah, because like, I think that's the case with us too. Like if you end up getting it, like <laughs> I remember there was a, a course in Marin where uh, you know my friends all learned to drive. Yep. Um, that was like a like pizza and comedy course, and so like that was the one you wanted to go to. It was like what? The, yeah, they like you went, and of course you pay for the class, just like every everything else, but. Then when you're there, they give you pizza and like the it's like a funny uh, course, uh, and so yeah, everyone if you got speeding tickets and stuff like that and you needed to take the class to keep it from going on your like record or whatever, it was like oh go to the pizza and comedy one. Well shit, because I've been on one before, right? And <laughs> if 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 you have another speeding offence within I think it's I think they said on the letter five years, okay. you ain't going on course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. points and a yeah, fine. You can't just keep doing no. it. No. But I, I was very luckily one mile per hour in the naughty range as opposed to the downright fucking criminal range. So they even see this is why the speed camera thing is interesting, which now that I think about it, I don't even know if speed cameras are a thing for us. Yeah. We have traffic light cameras. Yeah. But I don't know about speed cameras. Yeah. And at least like if you're if you're driving so say you're on a road that's 65 miles per hour, especially if you're in, like, say, California. Yes. If you're going up to, like, 90, yeah. you're probably not going to get pulled over. Right. <laughs> and then it's, like, when it gets, like, okay, now you're, like, super passing everybody and, yeah. like, you know, you're about to cause an accident, then depending on whether, like, you got to be careful what time of the month it is. Like, if it's the end of the month, they might be trying to make a ticket quota, so they're, like, more likely to pull you over <laughs> and things like, like that. Whether you're menstruating. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly, you know, <laughs> the blood moon. <laughs> Sorry, officer. Wrong time of oh, um, on you go, ma'am. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they they largely, like, won't pull you over unless you're, like, going faster than traffic. So if all of the traffic is going 85 yep. in your 65, yep. you're not going to get pulled over. Yep. So there's no, like, automatic, like, oh, I was going a mile over the speed limit yep. and... So the cameras, they aren't, I think you've got a tolerance before the camera flashes. Right, yeah. Which of like, some people reckon that there's like a 5% tolerance or something along those lines. Right, yeah. Um, and past a certain threshold, if you're, if I think I'm right in saying that if you go over 100, uh-huh. uh, when the limit is 70, that's like Insta-ban. Uh. Ban. Ban. <laughs> uh, but luckily, um, I was in a 70 uh, mile an hour limit and had I been doing 90 trubs <laughs> but I was doing 89 ooh oh yeah oh, oh you were flirting with that so line weird. and uh, it has been like five years since my last course <laughs> you're just wow so <laughs> riding with the angels good so sir. I'm good and do you know what the, I, I, I seem to recall the last course I went on was actually interesting as fuck oh really yes it was Okay. I was I was I was wondering, oh is it gonna be is it gonna be like crash photos? Oh, is it gonna be okay. gore? Is it gonna and be you were probably looking forward to that. You know, yeah. wet red tarmac yeah. and fucking red asphalt that broken was broken windows and that was the name uh, of the one that they would show us. So I was getting super 
pumped for it, as you can imagine. Yeah. But no, it was more statistics, mm. uh, education, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, and it, yeah, it, it was quite interesting. So do you know what? I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to doing it again. Well, hopefully it's not the same one as last time. <laughs> no. Hey, even better, because it's 2022, it's on Teams. Oh. So I haven't even got to fucking drive to some industrial estate oh, in the middle so of nowhere. Beautiful. I can just yeah do it on Teams. Literally. I might even do it in the car while I'm driving. That'd be good. <laughs> That'd be it? great. You on the <laughs> <laughs> like you know what? Skip the class. Why don't you just go straight to traffic? Why don't you just hand us a, send the license in right now? Please, hey, don't for a second think I'm being flippant though about road safety and about being dangerous to others. I'm I'm a fucking I'm a lot of things, but I'm not that sort of dickhead who intentionally and willfully will, you know, jeopardize the lives of others on the road. I'm not that guy. I'm not. Well, I'm glad. Right. Glad to hear that. So please, if you're listening, thinking this guy is taking a cavalier attitude to road safety. And not just his own, but the safety of others. Then I would, I would confront that, and I would lean into that, and I would say, please don't think that. Okay, I think. Well, this is. It feels like cultural exchange in and of itself because I don't think there's a single American mm. who listens to like you are speeding, <gasps> mm. you endangering person because we just do that by matter of course. And you also drink drive all the time. Well, okay. <laughs> Not necessarily. As the media, as movies would have me believe. Yes. More so than here, that's for darn sure. I do not personally, for the record. No, 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 Uh, sir. But yes, it is true. I was actually talking to Richard about this the other day that I learned pretty early on, before I even started drinking, when I was in college and I went to a school where we weren't allowed to, to drink. Um, But like, I remember like one of my friends, he had like three beers over the course of, you know, three hours or whatever. Uh, and he was like, I'll drive you back to the, to your apartment. I was like, or to your dorm. And I was like, but you, but you had three beers. He's like, yeah, but it was like over like three hours. And that generally really is people's attitude is they're like, if I have like a drink an hour, I'm probably fine to drive. And yeah, it's absolutely not true. But like a lot of people think that way, or, you know, I only had one beer or whatever. People definitely do that in America. Like Mm. there's just this sense of like, you have uh, like a window, you yeah. know. <laughs> like, there's actually an ad that plays all the time. I don't know if it's New- just New Jersey or if it's everywhere, but it's like a guy who's like phone is talking to him and it's like sober self, you know, and he's like uh, trying to like pound water and all that kind of stuff, and he's getting these little text messages that are like, if you have to do something to sober up, you can't drive, <laughs> and he's just like, because that's the thing is that's what people do is they like. They pound coffee. a bunch of water, coffee, bit of fresh air, you know? fresh air, go for a jog blow. outside, line, <laughs> less blow, <laughs> not at the regular pub. Um, and then like a lot of pubs have like breathalyzers. Mm. And also it's like once you're blowing less than the 0.08 or whatever, people are like, good to drive. Like, you're not really good to drive just because. Breathalyzers in bars is a great idea. Theoretically, it's just that people go to like just the bare, yeah. yeah, just legal limit, and that's you know kind of arbitrary. Mm. You can still be fucked up. Uh, what about breathalyzers in cars, and you have to blow below a limit before your car will start? Is that a thing? Well, it is if you have like enough DUIs. Uh, the bartender at the bar I used to go to got very drunk, drove home, flipped his car, all that kind of stuff. And like, he had like a ankle monitor and all this kind of stuff for like, they they gave him like house restaurant because he's the breadwinner. Like his wife didn't work. He has a kid and all that. And they were like, well, he has to go to work. But they monitored him everywhere. uh, And he had to, when he got into his car, blow into 
little breathalyzer thing to show he hadn't been drinking. Huh. Well, I, I, I'm not there. I'm not there yet, right? <laughs> yeah. And both of my infractions have been for innocent speeding, Governor. I simply, <laughs> I simply didn't notice how fast I was going, officer. <laughs> Which is what they love to hear. Yeah. Do, do you know how fast you're going? Absolutely not. <laughs> I have no sense oh, of myself and what I'm doing on this freeway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, listen, um, I don't know if, we're, if we'll use that, but I don't give a fuck because welcome, friends, to a very fucking, <laughs> probably the most special episode of Jackable Grave so far. Pop a fucking bottle, open a tin, get fucking woozy and rowdy and celebrate episode 100. Episode 100, <laughs> triple bastard figures, triple figures of Jack of All Graves. Uh, and if that isn't a milestone that you want to celebrate, I don't know what the fuck to say to you. Let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise-en-scene. I don't think anyone has ever said mise-en-scene in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's cold no. outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm <laughs> fucking, I'm gonna leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. Corrigan, what are your reactions? Over to you. <laughs> wow. I love that. Fuck, you know. I'm pumped about this. The volume went through the roof. You were sat oh. down and you were like, you know, I'm gonna try to speak at like a normal level. And then it was like, Bam, not for one time. I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't think so. It's, uh, but this is very exciting. It is wonderful to be sitting here celebrating 100 episodes. That feels like, like obviously it's a milestone. 100 of anything is, yeah. a, is a milestone. Uh, as, as someone put it last night, they were like, well, that's syndication, isn't it? Yeah. So, you yeah. know, we've got, we've got that going for us. And you say, you know, we're sitting here mere inches away from one another. It's true. I can reach and look. Look at Whoa. that. You're literally an arm's length. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. That's uh, fucking mad. It is. It's, it's mad, <laughs> as you say. <laughs> There's certain words that just, they don't. It's, I, was it you that I was talking to about this the other day? Like how I can't, like trousers is not a word that I can just <laughs> ever say. <laughs> it, it doesn't sound great coming from trousers. Trousers. Then you trousers. It doesn't sound great coming it's, from you. No, it sounds completely wrong. You yeah. know, there's, and mad is another, I couldn't just like drop mad in a sentence. And then you trousers. <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly how so I good. say it. Uh, so good. <laughs> Uh, I, like you said, a hundred of anything is an achievement. Yes, definitely. Uh, and I, I can't think of of many other things that I've stuck as long as this. That's a good point. You know what I mean? A hundred episodes, nearly two years. Yeah. I didn't play the guitar for this long. I didn't go to guitar lessons for this long. Okay. Um. Uh, a sport. Oh fuck no! No, you're no, no, not no. Sportsy. I didn't play any sports for this long. Although I, I look in my defence. I packed in sport as a kid. I played rugby for a little bit as a kid. You played rugby? Yes, I did. Wow, I can't believe this has never come up before. I love it. Yeah, rugby. yeah, yeah. Just in, in secondary school, you know, up until the age of maybe 13 or 14. Sure. Um, but uh, I became less and less... I, I, my eyesight is shit, right? Yes. And I, I'm certainly not going to play rugby in specs. Right. And I wasn't wearing contact lenses back then. And I, I, I couldn't see shit without my glasses. I, you know, the least so you effective... you quit rugby because you couldn't see? Yeah. Okay. And that seemed... Uh, that, that, that seems reasonable. I suppose that's, it is. 
I mean, you could have gotten contacts, but... Uh, yeah, and I did, but the, <laughs> the, the contact lenses I wore when I was in my teens were kind of rigid... Uh-huh, yeah. You know what I mean? Gas permeable, I think they were called, and they were just like a sliver of fucking plastic in your eye. Ooh, horrible. Fun. Horrible things. Yeah. But I did stuck... you like rugby? No, not really. Oh, well, okay, that's probably a better reason to quit. I didn't enjoy it, and I would have quit anyway, Yeah. but I... I quit anyway because I didn't enjoy being blind and, and doing rugby. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's not that I'm a quitter so much. <laughs> it's that my disability was against me. And, and also you didn't like the game. And I didn't like it. <laughs> but luckily I had a disability. So that's fine. <laughs> hey. Ah, there ah, you go. Give me a little out. <laughs> oh no, I can't see. Uh, I probably would have quit anyway because I didn't enjoy it. Um, but what I'm saying is there has to be something about Joag I enjoy. <laughs> Somewhere deep down. If there we, ha- like, really burrowed in and looked, we'd probably find Obviously something Obviously, I'm having the like time of this. my fucking life because we're 100 episodes in. 100 episodes in. Yeah, we, we went to a party the other night. Um, and we did, me and you. found out someone else had a podcast, and, of course, the first thing you checked was, do they have 100 episodes? First thing. First yeah. thing. I didn't even chat to her. No, was, yeah, hey, just asked someone else. Did she? How many episodes? I think she quit at 20-odd. Well, you said, does she have 20, I think, was oh. the... And uh, they said, no, no, I don't think she made it to 20. And so enjoy our dust, you know what I mean? <laughs> enjoy us in your fucking rearview mirror. No, we'll enjoy We're, you in yeah, our rearview mirror. 100 episodes. <laughs> Start driving backwards or something. That's what we're doing. <laughs> Triple sure figures. Right, not to want to put you on the spot. Oh. Uh, what have been your highlights? Of Joag? Yes. We probably should have thought about this beforehand, uh, but that's a really good question. Yes. Obviously, anytime we get our dear Boffin here. Uh, my, the Eileen kind of, episodes have been two of my favorites. Yeah, those are always I love them. phenomenal. Uh, Steve, Hollywood Steve, anytime we have Hollywood yeah, Steve on Yeah, he's here, always a great visitor, a great guest. You're going to see a little bit of him in a week or two? Yes, in two weeks you'll get some Steve. Because in yeah. fact, we are, for the first time... Going to take one week off. Yeah, and I can tell you hate it, don't you? It's a, it's a little. <laughs> just I'm like shuddering you as hate I it. say. It. We're, it's totally fun. We're taking oh my god, Jamal Grace is really neat. Uh, we're taking one week off, and then when uh, we come back, uh, Mark will not be back from vacay yet. Mm-hmm. So it will be me and Hollywood Steve discussing a little bit of Mormonism, but always great. Um, I think you know if I were to kind of like summarize my favorite things. It is, A, just like, you know how you always say, like, oh, I'm, like, really good at pub quiz now. Like, I'm the person you want on your pub quiz team. Yeah. It's, like, all the knowledge that is just, like, you know, these are all things that maybe I would have gone down a Wikipedia spiral or something on. But, like, my memory is not great when I just, like, read something. I have to, like, talk it out, you know? And so, like, I've learned things that I actually then can, like, repeat back to people because we've had a conversation and I have context for that. Yes. And that's very fun for me. You know, I don't know if it's fun for people to get stuck in conversation with me, Mm. but... No, I I completely agree and I completely relate. I am now forever seeing uh, articles, news items... Bits of trivia, you know, and and forever going. Oh, I know that. I knew that. I knew yeah. that. I know that. I know. I know so much more now than I did before. It's fucking brilliant. I love it. Exactly. Um, the stuff I've learned, and I will take a moment to say this now, through you and because of you, and not just kind of facts and trivia. Um, I I I think you've made me a far more, and this cast has made me a far more empathetic, uh, perceptive individual. Oh, I love that. Shaved off a few of those rough edges, made me realise that the world 
isn't just about me. <laughs> That's beautiful. I absolutely love that. Yeah, and it goes along with the other thing that I was going to say is a favorite thing about it is just because now there's like such a community of people yes. being a part of this, you know, and that like we'd always have had fun just talking to each other or whatever, but it, we're so enriched by all the other people who have come along on the, yes. on the Joag journey. Yes. And so when you were saying like also, you know, you see things, and you're like, oh, I know that or whatever. There are so many times when I'm out and about and I'll like read an article or something like that. And I will think about someone who listens to this podcast that would like that knowledge, mm. you know, like and I'm like, you know what? Like Clint would really be interested in this. or <laughs> You know, like uh, we often mention Anna or, we, you know, like. Yeah. The, the Latours would be interested in this. Like, we, yep. there's, like, all these people who have, like, and there's plenty of people who we don't know who you are who are listening to this stuff, and I'm sure we just are happy you're here along for the ride, but there's so many who have become, like, active vocally part of the uh, community of Joag that that's, like, I love that it's it's just, like, a group of chums that it's, we have. It's you know? brought a great bunch of lads together, and I think you said quite early on in this that you can, you can judge... You can it, it, draw a pretty good, effective picture of someone's character by the company they keep and mm. by the friends that they have. Mm -hmm. And if you can judge the quality of a podcast by its listeners, then those of you who have made yourselves known and joined the community and actively will contribute to our book club and our watch-alongs and our online social communities, if you are any kind of indication of the quality of our podcast, then we've done very fucking well because you are a great bunch of lads. Here, here. What about you? What's your favorite things on the Joag journey? Oh, listen, uh, it would be it would be difficult to me for me to point to specific episodes because I can't remember any and I haven't yes. listened to them. Yeah, you don't actually listen back to them. I've heard no. all of them like three times. Are they so good? Is, are there any, you I tell me what are my highlights. <laughs> What are the best Mark moments? Well, <laughs> see, that's the thing is I pull them out too. Like sometimes I get, I'll show you clips of some of your best moments yeah, or yeah, tell yeah, you yeah. later on yeah. of your best moments. You've got quite a few. Good. Yeah. Um, for me, it, it's, like I said, just a, it's less about specific moments and more about I, 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 I feel better for being a person with a 100 episode strong podcast than I did before. Good. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, I enjoy, I enjoy how it makes me feel on a human level. <laughs> I like it's that. Good. It's nice to be proud of something, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and coming along at a... Uh, you know, mid-pandemic point and all that kind of stuff. Well put. It, I'm proud of this. Yeah. Proud of what we've done here. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, gave us something that I honestly don't know what I would have been doing with myself otherwise for the past two years while locked no. away in my home. Listen, if, if you're... And again, sorry to put you on the spot. We had a brief conversation on Wednesday... No, Saturday. Was it, what day is it today? Fucking hell. I'm I off work for a couple of days and time loses all meaning. Do you mean... When did I see you in Birmingham? Saturday. Saturday, right. You had a really brief... We had a really brief conversation about something that I'd love you to go into a bit more detail about if you don't mind. Because this, okay. is, this is something, uh, uh, an area of life that I don't have much in the way of knowledge about, right? Interesting, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got talking about your time in Ireland and I asked you what you were doing over there and you said missions. I was doing missionary work. I wish I could have like recorded your face when I said it too. Just like, what was like it you, had, you had no sense of like, what do I do with this information? And I believe what you said was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of like processing, processing. Yeah. Like, I was cause, if they, and I can well imagine that is what I said because I, I, I have no other response. All right, cool. 
Talk to me about that then. Mm-hmm. What, firstly, when you say you were doing missions, missionary work, right. what is that? I mean, it's trying to convert people to Christianity, essentially. You know, you're going to another place and um, bringing them the gospel, essentially. That's the idea. And, Holy uh, shit, man. Yeah, and Northern Ireland, you know, we went there several times uh, and we would go into, so, I don't know if this is, does every British school have RE class, religious education? Uh, I can, speaking of my experience, when I was in school, yes, we had RE. Uh, Peter and Owen had RE in their primary schools, so okay. I, I might have so so, Yeah, it's yeah. standard. It isn't, it isn't, like, simply Christian. Well, that's exactly it's a, it. It's so broad, it's like world you know? religions yeah, 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 or whatever, yeah, 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 yeah. learning all that kind of stuff. And so they would have us come in to, I, like, RE classes <laughs> in high schools. I always get a little proud smile when Owen goes, oh, we only got RE as here, boring. Right? <laughs> I'm like, yes, it is, son. <laughs> Correct, yeah. yes, absolutely. But it's more interesting when you bring American missionaries in mm. and they play games and do sketches and all kinds of things with you. Uh, and so we would go into classes and kind of talk about, like... Because obviously, you know, there's a lot of tension between Catholics and Protestants right. there. So I guess it's it's more the mechanics of it that yeah. I was more interested in. So who would summon you? No, so you you choose to do it. So basically, like your what your, they would, your church, which was called. So I went through school, right? So Vanguard University, right? Um, and we had all kinds of missions trips, and so the Northern Ireland one specifically got set up through like someone who he'd been. Uh, he knew a pastor there, a youth pastor, yeah. um, at a church in Saintfield. And uh, he was like, hey, you know, if I organized a, a trip, would you have use for us over there? Right. And a lot of times, you know, when you go on these missions trips, often you also just, like, help out in various ways. Like, you know, does the church need maintenance or yeah, something sure, like sure. that? You know, like, yeah. um, I've been to Mexico several times. On so the pastor from your church dig stuff up, you had know? a contact in Northern Ireland. He wasn't, it's not my church. I went for my school. Your school, right. Pastor so, from your school. No, uh, just a, a student yeah. who had, like, a worship leader. Uh, they talked to this pastor yeah. in Ireland. Can, do you have use for right. a group of us to come Okay, there? okay, okay, okay. Uh, and so then you raise money. You yeah. send out support letters to people. Hey, we're going to go to Northern Ireland to bring them the gospel. And uh, people fund you send you money for your flight, for your food when you get there, all that kind of stuff. And then you go to another country and whatever, you know, that's what we did was we went into schools um, and stuff like that. But other missions do different things. Like I said, I've been to Mexico and just like built plumbing trenches and things like that. Like it totally, yeah. (laughs) So it totally depends on like what the need is where you're going, you know? Um, They didn't need plumbing trenches in Northern Ireland. (laughs) They were pretty set on that. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the gist of how that works. So, how many of you? I want to say there was probably like thirteen of us. Right, you'd all get on a plane, mm-hmm. and you'd go over, mm-hmm. and this the actual the actual mechanics of delivering this gospel. Mm-hmm. How did that work? Well, we would like I said go into RE classes and kind of talk about it, but like you can't preach per se in an RE class they know you come as Christian missionaries or whatever Um, but largely we kind of talk about like um, beliefs like and being sort of like uh, what are the kinds of fundamental beliefs that Protestant Christians evangelical Christians have and you know try to present that in ways that are 
attractive to the kids. Um, Meaning? Well, like, you know, like, through, like, playing games and stuff like that and, you know, figuring out, like, well, what are the things that you believe? And does that align with the kind of stuff that that we do? And, like, you know, stuff like that. Um, Which sometimes was really interesting because obviously there's things that, like, like, I remember in one class, I think it was the second time that I went, um, (laughs) we were playing, like, a game sort of about ideologies, right? And essentially it was like we were like separating into groups in the class and asked people like, who is for this thing and against this thing, right? Uh, and so uh, like just not even thinking of it because we're American, one of the, uh, the person who was like leading this thing said like capital punishment, right? And it was literally all the Americans on one side for pro, and then me and all the Northern Irish kids on the other side oh, for anti. And it was like this moment where it was like, yeah. they, they were the person who asked that question had like a real like, I done fucked up, you know? <laughs> like, I just did so, like, and now, you know, we once we split into these things, it was like, all right, now let's talk about why we believe these kinds of things. And it was real hard mm. for like the Christian missionaries to make a case to these kids, like you should actually kill people. (laughs) Like didn't, didn't look great. Um, when we did that, Uh, we do stuff like that. Did you, I mean, the audiences that you were delivering the gospel to, Mm -hmm. I mean, was there ever much in the way of resistance? No, no, not at all. Yeah. I think they just kind of thought it was fun to have like Americans in the classroom. It's something different. Yeah. Uh, to their day yeah. um, the best classes were always like they kind of and so like you know how they the classes are kind of like there's always like the class that's like the kids who are considered like the ne'er-do-wells or whatever like oh, these kids aren't gonna like go to university and all that kind of stuff they're just sort of yeah. like whatever those kids are always the best mm-hmm. they're the funniest they're the most engaged they're like on top of it they'll like break our balls during the classes and all that kind of stuff the like more like you know uh i don't know great students or whatever they tended to be like really quiet and kind of like didn't engage with us a whole heck of a lot but they were like fine they didn't push back they were just kind of like oh neat you know (laughs) where those kids were always like like really really fun but yeah no one was ever like fuck your religion or anything like that which is get out of here you know interesting but saint field i think is largely protestant too so there wasn't also that kind of like pushback of being like like Catholics having a the Protestant group come in or anything like that. Like, and internally, so the the thirteen or so of you who went over, what was what were you what was the vibe like with you guys? Did you was there a sense that you you, you thought you were doing great work, that you thought you were doing some good shit? Yeah, I mean with all missions, it's like there's multiple motivations behind it. I don't care what people tell you, part of it is vacation. You know, it doesn't, mm-hmm. even if you're going to like some poor ass country where you're gonna sleep in a tent and there's no plumbing or anything like that, there's always a part of you that's going for yeah. the vacation, the experience, yeah, sure. the experience, the like, you know, pictures with black babies and things like that that people love to put on their Facebooks. Like, yeah. you know, there's that element of it. But also because when you are an evangelical, you do believe it is your role to bring this to people and as like a college student you're like that's the coolest you're ever going to be in your life so like right now you have this appeal to people to be like hey you know i'm hip don't you want to follow my religion and you think like you're doing good shit for people yeah i love that (laughs) i absolutely love that (laughs) i'm surprised it hasn't 
come up before. Hmm. Um, because it was it was only when we chatted about it super briefly the other night that that because yeah. sometimes I do have to remind myself. Yeah. This was a massive part of yeah. of of your of your life and your you know your makeup. Right. You'd never know it from the person no, I am now. Certainly but, not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but quite recently as well, and yeah, yeah it it it. Uh, I'm reminded of that from time to time. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's an interesting sort of period of life. And, and, you know, the thing is, like, I definitely, by my second trip to Northern Ireland, I felt, I think my thought process was starting to change even back then, which was Mm. 2008. Um, Not necessarily that I was like, oh, I don't believe in God or anything like that, but that I was starting to question why we do stuff like that and go to other countries and you know bring this and like if people need something why don't we just send them money and have people there do it and stuff like that can we can can we give them the gospel over the phone right you know like there's probably people in their own country who can do this uh so why am i raised like you know between 14 people how many thousands and thousands of dollars we raised for this shit you know um so the second time i didn't even do fundraising i just paid for it and i was like i want to go on vacation northern ireland because i love northern ireland that's Mm. why i'm going on this and i will do this other stuff but you know that's why but i really liked um like when i would go to mexico and do manual labor i loved that like i can go out there and like swing a hammer, dig a trench, do all that kind of stuff forever because it's like, you know, there's a tangible element yes. to that, you know, like we're also, again, we could probably just send money to people or whatever, mm. but like at the same time, those kinds of things where it was like less about Yeah, at least they, you aren't just chatting shit. At least they, right. you're leaving something yeah. behind. Yeah, they need people to help them with this kind of stuff and we are going to do it for free. Yeah. Uh, you know, I loved doing that I can I can do manual labor all day every day and be happy you know in in doing this kind of stuff for for other people and that you know those are the kinds of things that I'm like if that were what missions work largely was you know I wouldn't necessarily have a huge problem with that that kind of like you don't have to preach to people but show them through your actions your beliefs okay you know and I think, like, <laughs> that question about capital punishment shows us showing through our actions the ugly side. So you would have beliefs. kind of, like, uh, plans of, of, of interactions you would run, sessions you would run, lessons mm-hmm. you would give. You would have kind of that planned out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fascinating. Yeah, there's a lot of skits and things like that, which I refuse to participate in. Mm. I just... and it, Well, aside from the one that I told you about uh, a few weeks ago, I think it was on the show where... It was just like, I, when I get into a role, I'm too into it. So I was too serious, <laughs> you know? And it's like, it's like, why is she so yeah, mad? Like, you know, it's like, I can't, I can't half-ass it. So, yeah. but otherwise I was like, I don't do, I don't do skits. That's not a thing that I do, but people love doing a skit about God's love and things oh, like that. I mean, I know I do. <laughs> um, thank you. Listen, there was no end point to that oh, conversation. Sure. I simply... It, it it caused me to kind of take a step back and go, oh, yeah, yeah. Corey was fucking mad for that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, so I thought, what better time than here on the 100th episode? <laughs> to learn something completely new about me. To learn something about Corrigan, Ed Mounson. I know, what do I not know about you? Is there some very interesting thing that you've been hiding from me all of a sudden? Nope. But it's open book time, hundredth episode, mate. You get. You, <laughs> That's you, what we should have. Just, I should have just brainstormed a list of questions. Yeah. Time is now. Chances now. You've got ten seconds. Well, I did just learn you play rugby, so that's. Oh yeah, but I mean, honestly, it, it was such a brief career. 
as a... Did you play like an instrument in school? Uh, yes, I, I had guitar lessons for a few years and I had vocal lessons for a few years too. Oh, that's right, you sing. Oh yeah. Yeah, I forget this. I mean, <laughs> aside from the fact that you have been singing the theme to Star Trek TNG for yeah. the past, it's you know... It's Hell in a Worm. <laughs> I've never really thought of it oh, as it is, an earworm. It is. It is. Uh, anything you got anything? I don't know. Now I wish I did. You know, this is. Okay. If only I'd been prepared. I'm sorry to everyone. Everyone who's listening to this is like, I have a question for Mark. But look, feel free. Right, 100th episode, uh, one time only offer. You get to hashtag Ask Marco. Here we go. Ask Marco. Go. Hashtag Ask Any Marco. shit you might be interested in about anything that we may have talked about over the last 100 episodes. Uh, send it my way and I'll, I'll give you the fullest and frankest and most honest answer in my power it has to be about something in these hundred episodes or just about yeah, just, yeah, life. just about about the enigma that is Mark Lewis yeah there's a lot under there you are you're one of those onions like yeah. like in Shrek and catch a whiff of me and I'll make you cry wow yeah <laughs> that's good I like it <laughs> um, that's not true though you smell quite nice just for the <laughs> <laughs> Damned with faint praise. You smell <laughs> quite nice. Much shorts. <laughs> You've also uh, been just wandering around this this room, just kind of. Well, you can tell a lot about somebody by their hotel room after a day or two. Oh, interesting. Okay, what do you what do you learn here? Well, you've you know you you've said it yourself. I'm going to quote you back mm. at you. I'm a spreader. I think I said sprawl. Okay. Well, you are. You you cast your belongings and clothes and goods uh, in as wide an area as possible. <laughs> like a, I don't know, I don't know if it's marking your territory or if it's like embedding yourself. I don't know. I think it's ADHD mostly. Or is it yeah. mental illness? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things. One it's of, like contained. Oh, it's not like all. madness. Like I, you know. Oh, have you said about different departments that you go yeah, to? Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. So you know, there's that. It might, my water, by the way. Of course, it might surprise you to learn from a hotel point of view, right? Mm-hmm. I, I slavishly stick to the mantra that if you're there for more than twenty four hours, unpack, mm-hmm. fucking unpack. I hate living out of a case. Yeah. Take my clothes out the case, put them in the fucking drawer. So I have my dirty laundry in the case and clean clothes, put them on and do some ironing. I, I, I'm very neat and ordered in a hotel room. I, I am, man. Yeah, fuck I. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I don't ever iron. That's my, I will, my version of ironing is um, taking a shower and hanging something up. That there. works, that'll, that'll work in a pinch. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the most that I'll do. My, my like clothes, well, everything I wear is like cotton most of the time, so it doesn't really matter. But well, like, if, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, interesting. Uh, not only do you take the tea out, you even take a double tea out in the middle of a word. It's mostly double tea. Yeah. Hang. It's a tea at the end of the word Hang. and the doubles in the middle. Hang. That's <laughs> not how you say it. Hang. <laughs> Sorry. Why the why the um, smeagol face when you do it? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's good. I, I hey, look. After a hundred episodes, I still find you fascinating. Oh, good. Yeah, that hasn't that hasn't worn off or diminished in the slightest. I still find you endlessly interesting, you know? Yes. As a person and a co-host. I feel great about that. Thank you. Uh, so, mm. just to get back to our format, our structure, mm. did you watch anything on the plane coming over? Oh, on the plane. I kind of forgot about that. Well, you know what I watched? I There's a show called Yellowstone. Have you ever heard of that? Yellowstone. It's Kevin Costner no. in it. 
Um, it's one of those, because you know I don't, I really don't watch dramas pretty much ever. I don't watch hour-long TV pretty much ever, except on a plane when there's something that I've like, I've been interested in, but of course I would never in real life sit down and yeah, watch sure, it. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. And so they had Yellowstone on the plane. It's like 10 episodes in a season. So I think I, there's like a two-part finale I mm. still have yet to watch, but I watched almost the entire season of Yellowstone, which was actually quite good. I mean, it's bonkers. This show is insane. There's way too much. It's about, so Kevin Costner is a rancher. Sounds about right. Yeah, and he comes from, like, this family has kind of, like, owned this section of whatever state it's in uh, for ages. But, of course, they took it away from the Native Americans that were there, right? And so then you've also got this Native American reservation um, and, like, the goings-on of that Native American reservation. You find out in in the first episode of this that one of Kevin Costner's sons, he has three sons and a daughter, one of his sons has basically like cut ties and married a Native American woman and has a kid and lives on the reservation. Yeah. So it's white boy on this reservation. Um, meanwhile, like Kevin Costner is as unscrupulous as you can imagine of like, you know, the kinds of people who have to run a business that's been there for ages based off exploitation and all that yep, kind of stuff. Yep, 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 yep. So there's all this stuff going on with that. There's like all this political stuff going on with the reservation, yada, yada. You're supposed to kind of be rooting for the son, I think, the son that lives on the reservation, but also he has some sort of military past they're always alluding to that makes him like a very effective killer. Oh, nice, yeah. And he just keeps killing people and getting away with it. And you're like, kind of like, there comes a point. Is it one season? I think it's only one season. I mean, maybe it'll, maybe there'll be more. There's only one season that was on the plane. He keeps on, like, it kind of starts like, it's like, okay, he killed this person because that person killed his brother or whatever. And it was like a mix of self-defense and being angry. Then it's like he he kills someone else because they like blew themselves up in a meth lab or whatever, and they ask him to, and he shoots them. And you're like, okay, but now that this is twice, this is like, okay. <laughs> and it's like there's he keeps on coming across these moments where he has to kill someone, and manages to skirt by it. And you're like, this guy would be so arrested, mm. and so it's just this like constant like escalation of like what's happening with this guy. That See, it's that like, was that specific flaw was what did for Dexter. Right, yeah. You simply, you, you know can't. what I mean? You're murdering yeah. people every week. Yeah. Often, like, in full public view of people, just <laughs> and just walking away from yeah. it. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's an absurd notion. Mm. And But, like, because I think I'm just binge-watching it or whatever and, like, don't really care and it's, like, over the top and all that, I was like, I found it funny and was entertained. So it's like very high melodramatic kind of stuff, like all this mm. bananasness happening in this. And the fact that it's like, you're, I'm just constantly like, you can't do that, <laughs> made it interesting to me. Okay. So I did enjoy watching Yellowstone. That, um, and I will, on the flight back, watch the last two episodes of that. And there's like spinoffs, like I think 1883 is one of them. So, and I think there's another spinoff coming from it. So, you know, I have flights with things to watch for a while. Nice, nice, nice. But the other thing that I definitely wanted to talk about watching is also a series um, that one of my friends is uh, the co-showrunner for, uh, Lindsay Calhoun-Bring, who is 
amazing, super cool and talented. She's been writing for things for a while now. She wrote for the Sabrina the Teenage Witch Netflix show. Uh, um, and you know how? Uh, so her, her husband... Uh, and his friend, her husband's John Bring, he's also a writer, he writes for a lot of stuff like that too. I think he's doing Kung Fu on CW right now. Yeah. Um, he and his friend Sebastian, also wonderful and a great writer, um, wrote a comic called Penguins vs. P- Possums. And I became friends with them while they were working on that. And, you know, Lindsay through them. Yeah. Um, we've just sort of been following along with each other for, you know, the past seven years, eight years, something of that nature. Um, and so she uh, co-created the new Pretty Little Liars. Have you ever seen the original Pretty Little Liars? No, obviously I'm aware of it. You're aware, yeah. Um, but no, I've never, never um, seen it. And Pretty Little Liars, the original, was sort of a hate watch for me. Like, it was so stupid. Uh, <laughs> and it, like, just What's as it went on. What's the, premise? the premise of Pretty Little Liars is that there is a girl named A or I mean her name's Allison I think and she is like gone missing presumably killed Mm. Um, and her four friends then start getting sort of threatening letters from someone called A okay Um, and in and then it's like over the course of this show it's like oh who is A and then it's like then Allison comes back and you're like wait but like she's been she's supposed to have been dead for like several seasons what's going on here it gets super convoluted so your friend has been part of the team that's brought it back so they brought it back cool on HBO Max and it's a slasher mm-hmm. so every episode you get like delightful horror stuff uh, you get you know on screen kills the whole oh, nice. thing okay. and it was funny because I do I, I need to have seen pretty well no those. not at right, all good, it's good, completely good. new cast um, <clears throat> altogether, and it's still you know it's got to have that melodramatic teen drama thing because that's the audience for it or whatever Mm. um but basically in this one uh there's these four girls whose mothers all were sort of party to the suicide of this one girl in the in like 2000 so the parents are all like my age essentially you know (laughs) uh they're all like millennials or whatever and they basically kind of bullied this girl and she ends up killing herself at like the prom in front of all of them. And now, 22 years later or whatever, uh, they're getting these like letters and yep. flyers and all this kind of stuff, and then people are getting killed off okay. uh, as a result. So it's very, very fun. It's, you know, when I, I messaged Lindsay about it, like when I finally got around to watching, it's only been on for a few weeks, but uh, she was like, oh, I was hoping you would watch it to see, like, she's like, a, it's like a horror show. It's not. It's not just a teen drama like the other one was, where it was more, yeah, just wrapped up in people's relationships and stuff like that. This one is actually nice. like a horror show. So nice. Pretty Little Liars, I can't remember what the like subtitle is, but if you have HBO Max, I wonder. Easy peasy. Uh, I mean, there must be, but I can't think of any other shows that have decided to just swerve genre. Yeah, at, uh, you know, yeah, between like the seasons. A, yeah. That's a good question. I'm a big fan of where movies do it. I love a movie that changes right. genre halfway. That's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Uh, but I can't think of any shows that have between season one or two, two or three or whatever, have just decided to become a different show. <laughs> Glee did that, but in a shitty way. Oh, okay. Because that's the first, like, six episodes of Glee are, like, like a dark comedy, you know, where it's, like, everything is, like, very... It's kind of like... Have you ever seen the movie Election? Yes. Uh-huh. It's very much, like, Election in tone. With um, Ferris Bueller. Is he in that? It's been a long time. Reese Witherspoon's the lead. 
Yeah, I'm confusing election with Rushmore. Oh, it's. And I don't think Ferris Bueller's. He's not in that either. either. That's Jason Schwartzman. Fuck, am I thinking of? <laughs> I'm not sure, but um, have I ever seen a, a movie? I don't think I have. It's a it's a Pause. new thing. You should check yeah, them out. I've got to fucking see uh, what I'm doing here. But anyways, yeah, it was like a very dark comedy in the vein of like election, and then it like went on a like mid season break. Yeah. And then came back and it was like an entirely different show and was not nearly as good. Matthew Broderick is in election. Oh, okay. Thank fuck for that. There you go. I couldn't, I couldn't remember who the yes. adult man yep. in that was, so I guess it was Matthew Broderick. Yes. It's been at least a decade since I watched it. But yeah, in general, you don't see shows do that, but mm. I think that is a good mm. swerve. Again, there's probably someone yelling, hello, there's like a really obvious show. I hope show so. That Let, us Let us know. Let us know, because I love that. Um, and yeah, you, you'll you'll. What happened to our waveform? Oh no! So, uh, if if you can think of any shows that have taken a surprising and innovative genre swerve in between seasons, fucking let me know because I'm quite likely to watch them. Innovative is one Innovative. of my favorite of your yes, of your words, something you that surprises that. and shocks and I delights. I just like the way you pronounce it. Innovative. Yeah. Like How would you pronounce it? Innovative. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Maybe uh, a hell on which I'm prepared to die, and I don't know if I've Ooh. if I've uh, confronted you with this little conundrum before. I'm going to show you a word right now. Okay. And I would like you to pronounce it for me. <laughs> that word right there. Oxymoron. Ah, uh, get fucked. Wrong. What? That's oxymoron, mate. That's what that is. No, but I've never heard anyone say that. In I know. My I know. I know. I know. You, you made that up. Did I fuck? No. It. It. <laughs> There is precedent for that word being pronounced oxymoron. That is not called oxymoron. That's fucking... That's, no other word is pronounced like that. That is oxymoron. Flat out. Why? What, what is the precedent? I can't remember, right? But I've, I've got... <laughs> I will die on this hill. I will, I will. I don't know right? why. When, when it occurs to me, they, I, I know there's a similarly built word to oxymoron, which is pronounced in the same way that you pronounce oxymoron. And it will occur to me, and I will share it with you. And... No one in the but world pronounces... But there are similarly pronounces... built words like Oxycontin. Different. <laughs> Different. Anyway, yeah, you've, congratulations, you've fallen into the same trap as the rest of the world and you're pronouncing it. <laughs> I idea. don't think if everyone pronounced it the other way, simply because... Oh, right, so if lots of people do something wrong, it makes it right, does it? Yeah, well, you keep saying gif even though it's wrong, so yeah, it I, must I, be. I, I, look, people do not listen to Jack of All Graves. It's kind of content. <laughs> I don't know why they do, but they do. Yeah, but it's they not believe. this. It's, and not, it's not, this. not for this. Tell me again why. Oh, it's because the creator of, of the GIF says that you should pronounce it wrongly. Yeah. Well, correctly, yes. Okay. <laughs> Even Precisely. though the G stands for graphics. Right. Fucking mad that you would do that. <laughs> mad that you of all people. That you of all people right. would do that. It's like I said, it's because I Fucking learned man. it. When everyone who was surrounding me were programmers, yeah. and before it became a common word, and people looked at it and went "gif," so I only heard it from people who were making things for computers, and they called it "gif." Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. the uh, The only other thing I watched was it was Robert Shaw's birthday last week, and on Robert Shaw's birthday, I can't really claim to having seen anything other than Jaws with him and you know oh well you're missing out because yeah. he's in a lot of really good stuff yeah yeah he's yeah. a great actor um, well you've probably seen the um, 
the one of the James Bond season, yeah. I hate James Bond. I mean, so do I, yeah. But I watched it because Robert Which Shaw. Which one's he in? From Russia with Love to Russia with Love, whatever that's From called. Russia with Love, great theme song. Sure. Terrible. Well, it's James Bond, so I yeah, completely... So I don't yeah. say terrible. I'm sure, you know, one thing I have become comfortable with over the years is that just because I'm not into something, it doesn't mean that it's automatically James shit. James Bond and, does suck, though. Oh, it's, it sucks... All it, it, it is terrible. It's fucking I awful. genuinely do not understand the appeal of. The, but and again, millions and millions and millions of people love it, so it can't be bad. It's just not for me. Yeah, I guess. I think from Russia yeah. with Love. I think the theme is by Matt Monroe. I want to say. Sure. And it is smooth. Mm. From I Russia mean, with most love. very smooth. Okay. So I'd give you a little something there from, from Russia with Love. I appreciated that. I mean, it's, our, <laughs> it's our 100th episode. We've revealed you're a singer. It had Is to it Matt Monroe? I think it was Matt Monroe. Go on while I do a little bit of research here. Uh, yeah. Robert Shaw is great in it, but the movie is terrible. Um, and yeah, on, on his birthday, I tend to watch something Robert Shaw related. It's I Matt think, uh, you know, two years ago, I watched like a whole documentary uh, about his life that was really great you know I'll watch Jaws I'll watch something that I uh, that's a Robert Shaw flick so I rewatched The Hireling which is just like a an extremely tense movie about nothing mm-hmm. basically where he plays a driver who is hired to drive this rich woman around whose husband has died uh, and you get he he very early on begins lying to her mm. And you don't necessarily know that right away, but he lies about his family life and it starts, you start to see his home life and like who he really is and that this is, he has not been telling the truth to this person. And then you're like, why? Why is he lying to her about this? And mm-hmm. then you're like, okay, he's maybe like some sort of a con artist thing happening here. All the while she's like completely oblivious and he becomes like her confidant. She has no one else. She's very shy. She's Mm. like, you know, just has no one in the world that she trusts and begins to trust this guy. And you're like, what are his motives? And so it feels like the whole movie, you just have this sense like something bad is going to happen here. But I have no clue what the scale of that bad thing is or what it's going to be. Um, And yeah, it's kind of like, you know, I've read that it's sort of a commentary on like British loneliness and like things like that, you know, that I'm like, that of course doesn't necessarily translate over to me. Um, but Robert Shaw is great. And it just has this feeling of dread throughout it that I quite enjoy just being like, Oh, this is oh boy. And it's uncomfortable. It's like, you know, things happen that you're just like, I feel this in my bones and I would hate to be in this situation mm-hmm. and, you know, awkward and weird and it's it's really good. So The Hireling is one of those ones that I come back to time and time again and it's on YouTube. Someone uploaded the whole thing on there so I was like, that's what I'm doing. Nice. Very yeah. nice. And you, you do this every year. You I watch a Robert Shaw You memorialize Robert Shaw by watching one of his movies. That's mm-hmm. lovely. Very nice. Yeah. What about you? What have you watched? Uh, I, what with, what with, uh, holiday prep and it it being just the most awful week weather wise oh yeah it's been another one of those I can't can't, you can't you can't you can't concentrate on anything you can't focus on anything other than how much you want to claw your own skin free from your bones that you want to just flay yourself (laughs) to try and get some respite from the fucking clammy 
uh, humid, sickening warmth. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it feels like you're wrapped in fucking cling film all the time. Uh. And the thing is, being here, like I've said before, the heat itself isn't necessarily the problem because I have this... Great, you know, great. Home. Cultural exchange, great topic. How does our heat measure up to your heat? Yeah, the heat is, you know, it's like, it's hot. I, you know, it's a hot day, but it's a little bit cooler than it is in New Jersey right now. Mm. The issue is that it's hot inside. That is where That's I'm like, you don't, you don't get any respite from no, it. So never. like, I have barely eaten the past several days because I can't eat when it's hot. No, I can <laughs> like, eat when it's hot. Yeah, I can't drink when it's, I mean, I drink water, but like, you yeah. know, it's like, I don't want a, a beer. I don't want alcohol, anything like that. I just, yeah. I, I just shut down. Yeah. And that I think is what is like so torturous is that there's just nowhere for you to go. No way to go. It, no way to go. Restaurants are, there's no AC, yeah. like there's... Uh, for whatever reason, I assume your cars have air conditioning and yet people still just roll the windows down so you're just getting <laughs> hot Dick air. I, I don't... Every, every car I've been in, everyone <laughs> has had the windows yeah. down. I'm like, you know it's cooler Being in the you. car is pleasant so you can, yeah. turn, you can turn on the air con. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, you're quite right and thank you for making that observation. Yes. Every, every Brit makes that observation. There's no air con. We're not prepared for it. Yes. And I've said this before. If, if anything falls out with this <laughs> narrow grey band of mediocrity in Britain. We can't handle it. Yeah. Extreme anything. We simply can't deal with it. And yeah, uh, weather has made it very difficult to commit to anything. Yeah. Uh, but I did manage to squeeze in just a really shit movie last night. Uh, oh, there we go. Uh, called Choose or Die. Mm, yeah. On Netflix. Um, two stars simply through being a nice idea. Uh, a peppy little fun idea of a curse trapped uh, in a, uh, a 1980s computer game. Really fun idea. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, that seems promising. And it takes the form of uh, one of these old text-based adventure games. If you're of a certain age, you'll remember these. Uh, yes, indeed. You know, The Hobbit, for example, on the, on the ZX Spectrum. Um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You said it, yes. <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, these text-based adventure games. And... Um, a lot of a lot of research has gone into you know trying to recreate the look and the feel of a of a of a spectrum text based adventure game and it's quite fun. Um, some good pedigree in, in, involved in the film. The music, for example, is by Liam Howlett. Liam Howlett of the that, Prodigy. Okay, yeah, I was like, I know, I know that name. Yes, of course. <laughs> a really fucking banging kind of uh, uh, you know electrical score from Liam Howlett. Really good. I mean, I can't imagine he would just do any old shite. Right. Yeah. Uh, some performers of note. You've got Robert Englund lending his voice. Ooh. Robert Englund. Yeah. Um, Eddie Marsan, uh, oh, like British him. character actor. He's so in Ray Donovan. Is he in Ray Donovan? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you know you've got you've got people involved. Um, but it, it's it's super amateurish, unfortunately. Uh, spent all their money on they spent on they yeah they spent all their money on, on, on Liam Howlett yeah and uh, confusing as fuck oh that's not great it doesn't seem to, it doesn't I'm a big fan of internal logic right yes this is something I may have banged on about before <laughs> I I I don't care how outlandish the premise. Of the of of your work of fiction is it can be about anything as ridiculous, I will buy into it. I will get on board and I will commit, if you honour your own internal logic. Right. 
and this film does not have much of a sense of internal logic. Uh, it doesn't feel as though it really knows what the rules are mm. of of its of its of its curse of its evil. Uh. Uh, the more I think of it, the more I think about ways in which it is shit. Um, <laughs> the, the there's no authenticity in the characters at all. Mm. Our protagonist, sorry, our, our yeah, our protagonist lives in a block of flats with a poor mother, and there's the most broadly drawn caricature of a evil drug dealer in the flat. <laughs> Is it British? No, it's actually American. Oh, hmm. Uh, d- but everyone feels as though they're doing really, really pony American accents. Yeah, like it's pretending to be an American movie, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Because given the, who's doing the score, given your cast there, yeah. that feels like it must be the case. The more I, now I think of it, I, I, it, it pretending to be in the States serves nothing of the, of the movie it's weird when that like and i love this movie but triangle does that they're supposed to be american and it's australian and yeah. you never even see like you barely see land yeah in yeah. that movie and for whatever reason did sinclair computers ever land in the states did they ever i don't know that i know what that is enough said i mean <laughs> the the early days of bedroom computing mm-hmm. and when you know um games were for the first time kind of commercially available outside of the arcade. That was, uh, you know, uh, men of a certain age will remember immediately the Spectrum, the, the Spectrum line of computers, the Spectrum 48K and the 128K. Horrible. Were they were they aimed at men? Yeah. I don't know if they were aimed at men, but it was, it was, it was, I, I, th- I think I'm, I'm probably quite confident in saying that it was mostly a male dominated hobby. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, you, great days of buying magazines and having computer programs listed out right, in text yeah. and you would key them in in your fucking bedroom, <laughs> uh, you know, to find that inevitably it didn't work. Games that took maybe 12, 15 minutes to load up mm-hmm. on a tape, on a cassette. Oh. Oh, yeah, on an audio okay. cassette. Interesting. Um, by your reaction, I'm guessing that didn't land in the States. Either it didn't, or I'm just young yeah. enough that I would not have encountered it. But I don't, I've never seen that before. All the more baffling then, that with all of that imagery, and there's, there's very strong audio kind of memories associated with these programs, you would load them in and, and they, would, they, would, they would load themselves into the computer in an audio file, which had a very specific kind of, you, I'm going to play it to you after we finish okay. recording, and you, if, if you don't know it, you won't know it. But even more baffling then that they would try and set this film in the States when all of, all of, all of the iconography and all of the visual era that it's trying to evoke is so quintessentially British. Huh. Very strange indeed. Uh, but it is a confusing mess of a film. It, it doesn't even have any gore to salvage it if it uh. had just given me some meat. Meat, 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 meat. meat. Show, if it showed me the meat, I could have seen, I could have, I could have reached past a lot of it. Uh, but it... it it, it feels like it was doomed for Netflix, mm, you know? Yeah, choose or die. Choose or die. Uh, you may want to not choose choose or die. <laughs> good to know. Yeah. Two stars, though. The idea was good. Idea was good. So yes, someone ma'am. else make a better version of it. Yeah. Uh, because we're off on holidays in two days, I've been... Uh, I've jumped on the British Airways website and I've been looking at what movies there are going to be I always do that, yeah. <laughs> Uh, nope isn't there, unfortunately. I was really hoping for oh, Nope. Oh, no. yeah, it's yeah. still in the... I mean, it only opened here Last two week. days ago. Yeah. So, yeah. still in that window. Yeah. 
which is a bummer you need to see it. unfathomable why in 2022 that's still happening and i know we spoke of this last week yeah uh but I, i'll bang on about it forever why the fuck don't you just release your media your games your movies your books around the world at the same time why I noticed Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is the same thing. It just came out last week in, in America. Yep. And then it comes out like September 12th or something like that. <laughs> and I'm like, these are like zeitgeist movies. These are yeah. things that like everyone is going to watch and thus yep. everyone is going to pirate. Yeah. Like, why would you... Same with TV. If, right, if there's, if there's a reason I'm missing here, if there's something obvious and blatant that explains why territorial global releases are still a thing, please do fill me in and I'll... I'll stop banging on about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure that there is some business thing that they think makes sense, but I doubt that it actually does. So. Uh, and that's uh, all you watched? That, yeah, that is absolutely all I watched, mate. Delightful. <laughs> 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 how big your shoes are. Huge. Huge. Oh. Um, how long have we been talking? I don't know. And now it's like broken in half. I'm like, have we, have we just done an entire episode already, or do we I still are we still going? I don't know. Why don't you tell me a few stories, Mark? So look, I think at this point it's safe to say that you and I, meeting one another, mm-hmm. in real life, has been an absolute phenomenal success. It has, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I. Th- think that the kinks have been worked out or or that there weren't kinks I should say that we can say with some authority at this point like we we click yes neither of us has any intention to murder the other one like yeah everything seems to be working well uh and I'm checking myself as I'm saying this but I think I think you're the only person from the internet that I've ever met in real life that's wild that is well until you obviously met Richard yeah, uh, but even 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 he was a fr- like a friend of a friend. That's true. Yeah, that that's a good point. So like that completely without any context. No yeah. actual real world. Yeah. Uh, factors vectors at all. Fair. Yes. You okay. are one hundred percent an internet human. Yes, we are internet friends. Yes. Up, yeah. Who I have now met in the real world of reality. Yeah. And I've never done that before with anyone, but you have, I, I guess. You're I have, quite. Yes. Yeah. You've met a lot of internet people. I have met a lot of internet people. Has it, Has it ever gone wrong? It's never gone wrong. I mean, I think there's people that I realize that, like, we don't, like, have as much in common in person, you know? Like, we, we don't, like, click super well. Mm. Like, weird stalled conversations or things like that, you know? But never, like, one where it was, like, fucking yikes, <laughs> you know? Like, I think it's always... I'm just always going always... to the toilet. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never, like, you know, had to fake a bail. phone call and bail or anything like that, no. That's good. How, 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 if you would, if you were to take a guess, how, how many people from the internet have you met? Um, that's a good question. Well, I mean, everyone who was at the Dead and Lovely meetup, yeah, so, you know, you've people. got a dozen or so, aside from people I didn't know from the internet before like there were obviously people besides people i knew so there was probably like a dozen of them i actually knew from discord yeah at that thing um i mean i've met a lot of my live journal friends from you know back in the day you uh, love it don't you you absolutely I do, yeah have... yeah i've always been you know I- i've liked connecting to people who i know have a lot of things in common with me i think it's partially just kind of like you know, having moved across the country when I was younger and stuff like that and having to start over with friendships. And then I went to independent study school, changed from regular high school to independent study, being sort of like a 
like a solitary kind of person, but liking to have relationships with people. Yes. Um, it makes it like so the internet is like just very controlled. You know, <laughs> like I'm like I don't yeah, have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have to be around people all the time. But I've made these friends who I know have stuff in common with me. They're not gonna like being like kind of a poor kid from Massachusetts who moved to one of the richest counties in the entire nation in California. Yeah. And it was just like, what do I have in common with any of yeah, these yeah, people? Yeah. You know? So I think very early on I started relating yeah. to people that way. So yeah, I love it. I've I mean, I've done, the, I've done met dozens. The, yeah. the, the opposite has been true. I mean, what with me moving away from my hometown and what with me making most of my friends at uni? Mm-hmm. The opposite has been true. I mean, people who I knew in real life have then become internet friends. Well, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true as well. <laughs> uh, and, you know, thank fuck that the internet exists in the form right. that it does, which, you know, because if, if, it, if it weren't for Twitter and if it weren't for group chats and if it weren't for, you know, various other forms of social media, I would have lost every single person I've ever met by now yeah. after, you know, being being... Uh, moving away as I have done, moving to, to Oxfordshire as I did. Which is largely what used to happen with people. That's why they'd have yeah. like high school reunions and stuff like that because you'd have never spoken to someone for a decade. Yeah. You see someone once every 10 years, maybe you write a letter or two, you know, things like that. Maybe you call a few people on the phone. But yeah. You'd lose track of people. Makes me wonder, has social media rendered the high school reunion obsolete? I think for a lot of people it has. I, I wasn't going to go to mine because I was like, I have Facebook, I know what everyone Yeah, is. yeah, yeah. But a few of my friends from high school were like, just come, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll have fun. Uh, and it was fun, but mm. yeah, I think largely, like my mom, it's like her, it's her 50th, reunion or something like that this year and she was like I see all these people on Facebook she was like it's 150 bucks I see these people on the internet oh god yeah eh. <laughs> she just I was like no thanks sure as fuck wouldn't be paying yeah like huge amounts of money to go and see people who you haven't seen in 50 years no certainly not yeah. but look we're, we're the lucky ones you and I mm-hmm. uh, and this is a topic that we weren't we were going to talk about this last time we met yeah but we kind of thought maybe you know might have been too dark for a the first dark. meeting, a little too, like, yeah. we were like, we're going to be really upbeat and, and happy. Do we really want to talk about something that's, like, maybe a little dark and we should take seriously? Yeah. Um, but now that we know that, that it is such a resounding success, mm-hmm. you and I, mm-hmm. face-to-face, just as successful as it is online, we, we're fine now. We can explore this a little bit. Because, yes. you know, one of the, as, as sure as day follows night online meeting up with strangers, it's going to lead to murders. Yes, absolutely. It's going to lead to terrible events for people because you can never really be sure, can you? That's a good point. I mean, I know you and I for ages, we weren't convinced that the other existed. That's true. At least not at face value in the way that they claimed. Yeah. You could have been a man. I could have. I could have been a woman. You could have. You know, we to both... be fair, technically that could be true. Yeah. Still. We... I mean, we don't know everything. <laughs> <laughs> we both could have had nefarious ends yeah. in mind, you know? Yeah. And it, it could have gone awfully badly, but luckily it didn't. Which is more than can be said for the unfortunate case of uh, Mina El Huari, uh, a lady from Cadenay in the south of France. Now, our friend Mina had formed an online relationship. Online relationship. Our friend Mina had formed an online relationship with a fellow from Morocco, right? Okay. Uh, other side of the world. They've, from France. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if I consider Morocco the other side of the world from France. Now, 
I don't know where Morocco is. <laughs> I was thinking you must not. Right? <laughs> so I'll take your fucking word for it. I don't know where Morocco is. It's Northern Africa. All right. Yeah, yes. a French-speaking part of Northern Africa. Well, that, that explains how they were able to form a relationship, yes, doesn't it? it does. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but look, hey, I mean, the, the guy is unnamed in all of the stories that you read and all mm. of the various... Uh, online articles you read about this relationship and about how it ended, unfortunately, with her buying a ticket and flying to meet him in 2014, right? Okay. So convinced was she of this relationship and and of its viability, mm-hmm. our friend Mina purchases a plane ticket and flies to Morocco, goes to Fez, right? Mm-hmm. Delightfully, which is the third largest city in Morocco, books a luxury room, books a five-star hotel room, and goes to meet her suitor in Morocco. Uh, now, it gets hazy here, right? Because all of the reports of this case don't quite spell out where they were because during dinner, unfortunately, Mina has a diabetic episode, oh, right? okay. An undisclosed diabetes sufferer mm-hmm. uh, falls unconscious, collapses during her meal and, and slips into what the autopsy reveals was a diabetic coma because her suitor thinking she's died already thinking she's suddenly died during dinner uh-huh. panics and buries her <gasps> in his garden no uh, buries her in his backyard thinking she has suddenly died in a panic this girl has come across not the world to meet me but has travelled certainly internationally <laughs> certainly some miles she's yeah. certainly travelled by air to, to meet me <laughs> yes. No one's going to believe me that she suddenly yeah, died. Yeah, she just randomly died. Fuck, I better bury her. Wow. And does so, buries her in his back garden. Um, her relatives get spooked when she doesn't return home. They yeah, contact yeah. the hotel, a missing persons uh, you know, case is, is, is launched. The police find a shovel yeah. and muddy garment in his home. Uh, turns out they he... just probably followed the correspondence. Exactly, yes, exactly that. They, it turns out he buried her alive, mate. No. Yeah. Uh, the cause of death was suffocation. He gets charged with involuntary manslaughter. Oh man, that is that is very rough. And it wasn't even like a like it wasn't malicious. It wasn't like not oh, if you shake flew face there. And, yeah. Well, right. Yeah. Unless there was something sketchier to it. Yep. But yeah, it wasn't like oh she flew there and this guy was seedy and murdered her. Yep. Just kind of like a a terrible series of events. Yeah. Very unfortunate. <sighs> Yeah, not great. Now, I'm surprised that we haven't covered this next case before. Okay. On the Joag Files, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, I'm, I'm astounded that you... Do you know the name Mark Twitchell? Yes. Oh, you do? Yes, I do. Oh, there you go. Uh, Last podcast on the left did We've got that. the flat wavelength, wave, uh, waveform again. Are we going to trust it? Yeah, let's trust it. And if not, we have okay. Zoom. Do, so, have you heard of Mark Twitchell? Yes. I thought maybe we could cut that bit. I'm giving you... I'm being professional. I'm being a professional podcast. I wasn't prepared for... Whoa! <laughs> All right. Yes. Mark Twitchell. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, last podcast on the left did a, the Mark Twitchell. So yes, I'm familiar. Okay. Uh, so do keep me right then. I mean, for our listeners, in case you haven't, this to me is the epitome of why you've got to fucking watch yourself on online dating. You've got to watch it, man. Because Mark Twitchell was a, uh, an aspiring filmmaker, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Canadian filmmaker, he'd studied radio and television, uh, arts in Alberta. Uh, seems like quite an ambitious guy. Um, in 2007, he actually directed a full-length Star Wars fan film. 
come on. Uh, yeah, you know? what I remember about Mark Twitchell is him just being like a real goober. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Real Canadian goober. Um, just back to the Star Wars fan film briefly. I mean, oh, he okay. managed to get Jeremy Burke involved. You got actual Boba Fett. That is pretty impressive. You know, involved in his in his in his fan film. He, he self financed a couple of horror movies, a couple of comedies. He had a garage rented. If you're listening in the states, that's a garage. <laughs> or in Canada, for that matter. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, unfortunately, he had a proper fucking boner for Dexter. Mm, yep. I love a person who can't separate fiction mm. and reality. Those are like always a really good kind of person. Yeah, a proper boner. This is the second time. We've mentioned Dexter this week yeah. on Joag, which is incredible to me. You go for 100 episodes barely mentioning right. Dexter. And then here he is. And then two turn up at once. Yeah. Um, incredible. This guy, he set up a profile on Plenty of Fish, right? Posing as a woman. Um, gets chatting to uh, uh, a guy called John Altinger in October 2008. Convinces this guy to come out and meet him at this garage that he's renting. Okay. Uh, which he had set up as a kill room. Gets the guy there, bludgeons him, stabs him to death, dismembers him, sets fire to some bits, uh, dumps some parts in a drain. Talk about shit planning. Yeah, and he's not the only person who's done this, the dumping things in the drain. Like, where do you think that goes? Yeah. Do you think it, like, just magically dissolves once it goes down there? Talk about shit planning. Um, I'm just going to signpost in a few weeks' time. I know all of y'all like to rag on my fucking plan for a perfect murder, right? <laughs> I'm going to signpost this. Coming up in a couple of weeks, we've got an episode where we're going to get an, abs- an actual fucking professor, doctor in the field of fucking murder, psychology, uh, forensic psychology, right? And we'll fucking see what he thinks about our murder plans. <laughs> You're all going to eat yeah, your fucking we're gonna, words. We're going to run it. I don't think they are. You're going to eat your words like goldfish crackers, mate. <laughs> Tell you that, scoop nice. up a handful of crunchy words and fucking rinse them down with a cup of humility. That's what you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, our boy Mark fucking hell, worst planner in the world, chops him up, burns him. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe this is even true. Because his victim's friends obviously then pick up the trail. They break into his, his flat in Canada wondering where the fuck he's gone. Uh, Mark sends emails out to this guy's family, to his work. Uh, I've gone on a holiday to Costa Rica <laughs> with someone I've just met. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, because obviously what Mark then does is he's the police find a file on his laptop. Fucking amazing. A file on his laptop called SK Confessions. Oh. <laughs> right? Where he just describes in detail his plan to commit murder how it went down, and interest... I mean, I've re- on the way here, I read some of that file, uh, the, the, that file, or at least what purports to be that file is out there on, uh-huh. on plenty of websites. And it is, it is if, if genuine, it's exactly as fucking gushing and as amateurish as, you, as you'd expect. Um, how I Did the Murders by Mark Twitchell. <laughs> um, in court, he claims that it was self-defence and that this is a fictionalised account. <laughs> Uh, that's one thing that both you and I didn't have in our murder plan. Is, oh, you know, writing out a manifesto. Step three, like, yeah. save it to my desktop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, the, yeah, the courts did their best to kind of um, ban media coverage of the file, because obviously, of the case, because obviously as soon as you start to mention that, you know, uh, I was inspired by, by a TV show, by a hugely right. popular fucking TV drama, obviously... 
the the press seized on that. They failed yeah. to to ban coverage. It was talked about in Dateline, NBC, Forty Eight Hours, even uh, Dexter himself, Michael C. Hall, was interviewed about it. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, his view, of course, was that the show that I made obviously wasn't to blame. How dare you? <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, and clearly, again, mm. who looks at that and thinks, yeah, 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 no, I, I definitely mm. should do that. That's the message of this show is probably I should do what he did. Yeah. A guy who has, like, his dead dad speaking to him, mm. you know, in his ear all the Like, you, that's what you thought you should... Yeah, that was your yeah. takeaway. Uh, but the point I'm getting at is it could have gone a lot worse for you and I. It's true. One or both of us. Hey, imagine if in a weird twist of fate we both were planning to murder the other. Yeah. It's like that, like, you know, the joke. And there's actually a story that I read that's one of the... Actually, I'm going to have to find this story for you. It's one of the grossest, most violent things I've ever read in my life. Uh, but, you know, there's like the joke of like, you know, a, a truck driver picking up a hitchhiker... And, uh, you know, the hitchhiker says to the, the trucker, like, oh, thanks for picking me up. You don't know. It could be a serial killer. And the truck driver says, but it's very unlikely there'd be two of us in the yes, same car. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I think that, I, if that hasn't, if that, if that's a plot that hasn't been uh, explored by now, then feel free. You can have that one on me. Yeah. Well, there's a short, there's a short story. It's extremely gruesome about, okay. yeah, a guy who picks up this woman uh, and, he plans to murder her, but she also plans to murder him. And Fantastic. it goes bananas. Link me up. Yeah, I'll have to find that. I read it like six years ago, but it's on my Goodreads somewhere. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, but no, compared to how badly it could have gone, I think you and I have proved that you can meet people off the internet. Uh, and they aren't all murderers and perverts. It's true. But you should definitely be careful about that. Yes. Nonetheless. Oh, listen, hey. If you, you know, occasionally... We will dole out some of that Joag wisdom. Mm -hmm. This is one of those times. Let someone know where you're going. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's very important. It is. Honestly, it's like an underrated element of that is yeah. make sure people know where you're going. Yes. You know? <laughs> it's just good to me. I've not let anyone know where I'm going. Well, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Bold of you to tell me. <laughs> no one has any idea I'm here. Uh, now, we are off on a little jack-of-all-graves fucking field trip Yeah, yeah. Uh, for this month's Snack of All Graves, which you will find on our Ko-Fi very shortly. No spoilers, it's going to be banging, though. It's, how can we spoil what we haven't done yet, anyway? No, that's true, but we know where we're going. We're not going to show oh, that's, oh, we're not saying. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to add? Just, like, thanks and stuff. Like, yeah. Like, thanks, you know, Sincerely. for being there for listening along on this journey. Um, you know, we we say it all the time because we, we are forever grateful that we love you and we're glad you're here. Mark, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. It is wonderful to have you here and to, I'm glad for this 100 episodes with you as well. It's only just beginning. It's true. I'm going to say that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so listen, wherever you are, however you're listening, whatever you're doing this weekend, <laughs> thank you very much indeed for joining us. And we wouldn't be here if not for you. So please keep listening. And while you're doing that, please remember to... Stay spooky! spooky.